because everyone on this campus is nuts. Not me. Oh, come on, Leonard. If you're going to argue with me, put on a bathing suit. Busted. <laughs> Good morning, Greendale. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And these are your morning announcements. Today, we're talking about Community, Season 1, Episode 5, Advanced Criminal Law. Now, I remember we used to ask a lot of questions in our previous podcast. We did. We, it was a very question-heavy podcast. I'm bringing it back now. I want to ask the, a question It was the you. investigative journalism of the Futurama podcast universe. If the college that you went to had a statue that was very funny, what would it be of? Well, um, given where I went to college, it would probably be... Well, so first of all, we did have, uh, if I recall correctly, a really big bear statue. Okay, pretty good. Because uh, we were the bears. That makes um, sense. Or Bruins or something. I don't. I don't care. Um, nobody knows my school. We didn't have. I mean, we had sports, but we were bad at them. Bad at sports. Got it. Um, it would be probably. What is? How does one encapsulate failure as a statue? I mean, not to be rude to uh, somebody that is uh, a, a subject of the podcast. You've got very many characters in community that could work. It seems like a very specific, like, let's do a community character for this uh, random college okay, in Colorado. But, but if, you, if there's a bit of lore in Greendale that it is in somewhere in Colorado. It's true. And we will get into that on this episode. By the way, I've got a freaking rant re- prepared Whoa, for this. Whoa, okay. I'm... <laughs> I am um, terrified, but I'm excited. I would think that really, um, so I went to school in a uh, college slash beef agricultural town. You know, the the most classic of college experiences. Uh, Greeley, Actually, kind of is. <laughs> uh-huh, Greeley, Colorado. And uh, you knew you spent too long in Greeley because you'd walk outside and everyone but you would be like, oh, it smells like Greeley out here. Greeley being the smell of cow farts. Sure, yes. And you would go, does it? So I would say the statue for my school would be a big cow that farts on the hour to let you know Ooh. that it is. So there's utility to it as well. There's utility. Um there is flatulence. Flatulent utility mm-hmm. would be the name of the statue. Sure. Um, that's all I got. I I think it's a good name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as for mine, I my favorite idea for a statue for my college, which is um a also a very small college that has okay sports. They sometimes make uh, uh the men's basketball tournament, and that's usually an exciting time until they lose the first game. Um, they had a mascot uh, in the 70s called Rowdy Red, who is uh, basically think of like Big Bird or Grimace, but red. Okay, so like sort furry. of a sort of a proto gritty. Yeah, it's a proto gritty. Now, reminder that uh, well, not reminder, but 
the the mascot of the 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 name of the team is the Highlanders. Still not exactly sure where Rowdy Red came in, except for I believe he was wearing a plaid hat and and nothing else. Okay, so we need a statue of him on campus everywhere on campus. It should just be campus now. So wait, he's wearing a plaid hat and nothing else. Nothing else. I th- well, how actually, is this not a Pacific Northwest mascot? I don't know. I've I've <laughs> worn a shirt with Rowdy Red on it before in front of you, my friend. With other clothes as well, I should point out. I, I was I, I was I was not. Um, oh no, he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a plaid uh, uh, hat. I don't know the type of hat, and he's wearing a plaid bow tie. Oh okay, oh no he he looks he looks kind of like Gritty's grandfather. Yeah, I could see that, and he and he was around the seventies. It makes sense uh-huh. the time frame of you know mascots have such as uh, the life life cycle makes makes sense. Um, yeah, I I love I love my rowdy red, and uh, I, if I could, I this is the shirt I often wear with it from from a great place that I don't believe sponsors the podcast. So, okay, let me back up. And I don't want to get too much into this because we have community to discuss. <laughs> yeah, but we can't talk about Rowdy Red for an hour. That's my other podcast, the Rowdy Redcast. You had Rowdy Red. Yes. Now you've got Gritty. You've gone from red to orange. Yes. You've gone from slightly in your face to very in your face. Yes. The next iteration is going to be some sort of yellow gritty that is going to be even more in your face. This, this, my friend, does not end with gritty. Right. There is a mega gritty out there. There is a mega gritty. And that's going to go into some sort of green gritty and blue gritty. And then... And then we're just going to have a rainbow of gritties. Rainbow of gritties, each more intense than the last. Oh, man. I don't think I don't think the world's ready for Until this. Until you get to ultraviolet gritty. Oh, well, the world isn't ready for that because... I and be- as, as the prophecy is foretold, ultraviolet gritty is a sign of the end times. <laughs> I hope he doesn't come soon then. Uh, anyways, let's get into the community podcast. Now that I'm done talking about gritty, I for now I don't I I do love the fact that we ended up talking about gritty. Friend of the podcast, Emma, will be so happy. Season one, episode five, advanced criminal law. We start out on the quad. The dean is reading announcements, and he does say, "Good morning, Greendale Community College." He does, do and it. I feel totally vindicated in choosing the name for this podcast it's because a good he one. said that. Yeah. Um, he reminds everyone that the alumni base includes Louis Guzman. Uh-huh, and they will be dedicating a statue to Mr. Guzman this Friday. Along with the new school song. You know what they say about a Louise Guzman statue in the first act. You gotta fire it in the third. And boy, howdy, do they. <laughs> but let's not, let's hold off until we get there. So the dean also, in his morning announcements, he's like, this sure feels like a real college to me. And then he drops some like Greendale drops, <laughs> which so, it felt very much like our podcast. And I didn't appreciate how being seen it was. Uh huh. I mean, we emulate his announcements and then his an- announcements emulate us. Mm. It's the cycle. Yeah. And, of, and time is a flat circle. Of course, It's the cycle of us trying to be Dean Pelton in some ways, hopefully not in others, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so Professor Duncan stops Jeff in the hall and he's asking about Britta. Namely, he wants to date Britta. Yeah, because uh, he wants to make sure that if if Britta and Jeff are an item, if it's impervious to sabotage. It's exactly the kind of thing I want my friends asking about my relationships. Uh-huh. Good friends. 
they have a a brief interaction uh they insult each other a lot Yeah, it's basically just an insult uh, uh party which duncan just says i'll just wait for you to finish striking out uh-huh it's gonna be impossible to truly recap every conversation in this show because it's just so quick with the back yeah, and forth it's we're getting we're giving you broad strokes as as little as we can because we gotta get through all of it we but, used all of our time talking about gritty yeah we sure did so please watch these episodes they're very good there's so many jokes that we can't even recount. so uh i do like how <laughs> at the end of this conversation um Jeff says, cheers, and then Albad's walking by, and he's like, mash. And then Professor Duncan says, faulty towers. I love it. It's such a weird interaction yeah. where it's just like, we're going to name TV shows now. But also is like some kind of uh, contest, because he's like, I win. <laughs> I mean, Professor Duncan, to, he arbitrarily chose that this is the, the winning Play. That's true. There are no rules to this game. That being said, nobody challenged him on it. Therefore, he is he's correct. Hmm. Okay. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. We might need to come up with rules for this game at some point, but not now because we have so much episode to get through. As they are walking into Spanish class, um, Abed's talking about how excited he is that Luis Guzman is getting a statue, and I hope he comes out here to so I can talk to him because I have so many questions about so many of his TV shows. And Troy says, well, yeah, he's flying out here on his private jet because he can't wait to have this conversation with you. Uh, he's being very sarcastic and, and messing with him. He's like, yeah, he called me on my cell phone. Didn't you know I'm Obama's nephew? Yeah. And now let me t- <laughs> tell you about how I invented the Ferrari. Abed totally believes right. everything. Like he is very interested. Hook, line and sinker. We also find out that uh, for the last month, Jeff, who thought he was texting Britta, was actually having a whole text conversation with a guy from Boulder because sure. she gave an incorrect number on the sign-up sheet. Now, can I point out that the guy from Boulder is rethinking his, his marriage? Because I think that's a funny little detail. I'm sure it's not funny for him. Probably not, but it's hopefully a fictional character. Now let's go to the rant. <laughs> Colorado rant. All right. So here's the thing. I don't know how about, much I can offer here, but I'm going to listen. Here's, we all here's, are. So Greendale is set in the fictional town of Greendale, Colorado. Sure. I find this a very interesting choice because for one, I know. So I grew up in Colorado and I lived there until I was 30. Sure. I knew a lot of people who watched this show and not one of them realized this even took place in Colorado because it is so subtly dropped in with little bits. Yeah. They're, they take many, many seasons before they're like, before they say the word Colorado. <laughs> so I always found it interesting that I'm like, oh yeah, no, it takes place in Colorado. And people I knew who watched the show, they're like, it does? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because I find now I find this interesting because I think on a spectrum of TV shows, you've got the ones where it's like the location is like literally never mentioned. Right. To the location is like basically an extra character on the show. Sure. Like CSI Miami. 
like CSI Miami. I was thinking Frasier because I always default to Frasier, but Frasier is like... <laughs> but it's not so, in the title for Frasier. It's in the title for CSI Miami. Frasier is so into Seattle that it literally had an effect on Seattle real estate because people wanted to live the Frasier lifestyle. It is such an intricate part of Frasier. Sure. And then you've got all these other shows where it's just like, I don't know, it takes place somewhere. You know, a lot of cartoons especially, but some shows are just like, I don't know, any town USA. Yeah. And then you've got some that straddle the middle, like, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Full House, which is set in San Francisco, but how often does that actually come up? So, like, I so yeah, it's weird that they were like, of all places, let's go with Colorado and then explicitly ignore everything about Colorado. Right. Yeah. Except for mentioning Boulder. Right. Ooh. So fancy, the fanciest uh, place of all, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, uh, sure. Let's go with that. It's um, it's a somethingest place in the world. Uh, it's where Mork and Mindy took place. So is that true? It's absolutely true. Fascinating. So, anyways, my point is, this is more of a precursor to future rants because. So this is a pre-rant. I'm going to call. I'm going to call out community on a lot of Colorado failures, <laughs> solely because they specifically were like, "Hey, you know what? Let's set this in Colorado." <laughs> so be prepared for Colorado Watch. I. I don't know what I signed up for. I did not. I did not. I, I guess I kind of thought this was going to happen, but, you know, I didn't think I had signed up for this. And, and I hope the listeners are OK with signing up for this, too. Anyways, so um, Chang says something to Starburns at this point. <laughs> I didn't realize we and so, so gracefully leapt off of the uh, the pre-rant. I thought we were still going. <laughs> I'm just saying, look out. I'm going to I'm going to make every possible reference to Colorado. Every time they say anything Colorado related whatsoever. How dare you? So <laughs> Starburns is like, hey, my name's Alex. Yeah. And Chang tells him to carve that into his sideburns. Britta also says uh, I skipped over the line. She'll give him. She'll give Jeff her number only. If he swears, it'll be used only in friendship. I believe he passes. You know, he's he's got a he's not throwing away his shot. It's true. As he's, Alexander Hamilton once said, he is keeping his options open. So, Senor Chang launches into an, a whole thing about how he's not going to give everyone their grades from the test because he found a crib sheet, a tiny little piece of paper with all sorts of writing on it. Because it had everything they covered on the test. He also, in his whole rant, uh, basically stereotypes half the people in the room. That is also true, yes. Um, he calls Shirley Jack Hay, and he calls Abed Kumar. He calls Pierce Grandpa. So, so not, not stellar. Not stellar. It's interesting the discourse that has already happened uh, with people on twitter who are listening to us uh twitter and facebook and the like who are like yeah i don't know about chang and i'm like oh buddy (laughs) yeah we (laughs) not to do any spoilers but he's gonna go some places anyways he says that the cheater has 24 hours to come clean or else the whole class gets a zero 
which is zero in yeah. Spanish for those who don't speak Spanish. Sure. That's very, very thoughtful for you to translate. I, uh, I don't think this is a thing that teachers should do ever or should or have done. It just feels very uh, unethical to me personally. I would agree. So does one of the gang. And we'll find out about that now momentarily. <laughs> It's like, why are you teasing this? We're about to go to it. A little later on, they're in the study room and they are all complaining about Chang. Troy says the only difference between Chang and Stalin is that I know who Chang is. I mean, you know, that's a good difference. Everybody immediately thinks that Jeff cheated. He says that if I was going to cheat, I wasn't going to copy things out of a book and onto a piece of paper. It's practical learning. Right. Whoever made that crib sheet wasn't a real cheater. They're just insecure. And this is when they start, like, pointing the blame around. Mm-hmm. Because that's towards Annie. Mm-hmm. Annie points it at Troy. I don't have the lines here, but they're all, like, pointing out, like, being dumb and trying to look like they're not and things like that. But it ends up going Jeff to Annie to Troy to Pierce to Britta. That's where it stops. Britta just straight up says that this is unfair and uh you know because britta calls it like she sees it we're a biologist uh sure and (laughs) annie also agrees with that because she's on the song committee Mm -hmm. to try to get greendale's new song and so she's super stressed out she's yeah she's super stressed out she does not have time for all of this shenanigans with getting a zero because somebody cheated Especially because Annie had hired a local composer who's a bit of a handful. Pierce says, why did you do that? You've got uh, uh, an accomplished pianist right here. He wrote the jingle for the Hawthorne's Moist Tellettes. Why would you do anything else? Other than the fact that this is the first time you're releasing this information now. I mean, also because it's Pierce? Also because it's Pierce. (laughs) Abed also at this point says i mean you could just get troy to do it he invented rap music also he's related to danny glover and president obama (laughs) shirley's like have you been racist this whole time i've been telling everybody what a what a wonderful angel you are yes uh it's so good clearly we find out abed doesn't really understand the concept of messing with somebody right and Troy, you know... You, you've never had somebody mess with you before? Yes, just kidding. No. Like that? This isn't a table. <laughs> That's funny. He's not very good at it. Well, well, we'll see how good he actually is with it. It uh, sort of reminds me of Borat with... Uh, this suit is black, not... <laughs> Oh, when's the last time you thought about Borat other than other than my, my wife? wife. <laughs> no, it's been a while. It might have <laughs> been the uh, the like the sling. OK, the sling uh, swimsuit. OK, um, it's a challenging picture. I, I It is I, funny I, I, to I me how Borat, the entirety of the film Borat has been distilled into two words mm-hmm. said in a ludicrous accent. I will. I mean, you know, that's probably good for that movie. <laughs> I've. It's probably fine. Yeah. Later in the cafeteria, Annie comes up to talk to Pierce. Uh, and Annie says that the dean said that Pierce can write the school song. 
Uh, it just has to be done by Friday because that's when the the Luis Guzman statue unveiling is. He he's a little concerned, but he's like, yeah, of course I can do it on Friday. Have you never worked with a genius before? I would argue he has not worked with a genius before, and that includes himself. That's fair. Um, um, and he's and he tells him that she'll do everything he can, she can to help out, and he's going to do an awesome job. Now, I would like to point out pierce's outfit because it's very important i okay well, he is wearing a striped collared shirt sure with a green vest okay and mostly it's just important because he pretty much doesn't change out of this for the rest of the episode <laughs> multiple days go by that's true in canon there are multiple days they move so yes i i paid a bizarre amount of attention to the clothes in this episode <laughs> To be fair, that it it matches his. I I like the attention to detail there. I mean, we you know that whenever we're watching football, you watch football, and then I critique the ties of all of the sportscasters. Sure, this I, is no, my thing. Canonically, no, no, I'm I wasn't making a joke there. I think that's y- you noticing the attention to detail from the showmakers in in his story is is very fascinating. The fact that I di- I didn't catch that at all. So I'm, I'm I'm impressed. Keep it up. Also, I just realized you you're wearing it. a Highlanders shirt. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Without uh, proto gritty on it. To be fair, I wouldn't have had to pull up uh, Rowdy Red on my uh, on my phone if I had been wearing the shirt. You'd have just looked at my chest. Uh, uh huh. Same as usual. So, Same as usual. Exactly. Excuse me, Ben. My chest is down here. <laughs> Terrific. Later on in Spanish, uh, this is the last chance for the cheater to be an adult and confess or else everybody fails. And he counts down from 10 and then he gets close to zero and and he just screams, no, I've never gotten a zero before. Uh Yeah, she freaks out. I mean, she goes harder than I was willing to go with my throat on a possibly getting sick Tuesday in February. Uh, Is it possibly getting sick Tuesday already? (laughs) We (sighs) are. It's already here. Hate that. I know. Why does it always come right before that Valentine's Day? I don't know. Right before Chang gives everyone a zero, Britta fesses up. She gives this whole speech Somehow less impassioned than the one I gave about Colorado earlier. Uh But she gives this whole speech where she is just like, this is totally unfair. Uh, It's not that easy to get human beings to turn on each other. And then Chang immediately shouts, turn on her! And then everyone just starts throwing things at her. (laughs) Um, It is is so amazing to me how this show basically says like, no, it no, it really is though. I mean, I would say the show is totally accurate. In the same in this exact position, everyone in that classroom like we need to set up another Duncan principle experiment <laughs> about how fast everyone will turn on the Brita. Uh-huh. That sounds like I'm talking about a turning wa- on a, uh, a water, water filtration system. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I think Duncan says in this episode the the funny name. She gets kicked out of class, and uh, Chang even says we're too mature to sit in a class with a cheating, lying poop face. So you know, real mature. 
And now back to formal gre- greetings. He does that just like switch mm-hmm. just so quick. Yeah, it, it really points out Ken Jeong being a good actor and not giving all, not getting a, just getting a wild character to play. Uh-huh. And also Ben Chang being just a Psychopath. sociopath. Uh-huh. Yes, that's also true. Britta goes out to the uh, cafeteria. Mm-hmm. There's a little like... I called it the student lounge. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of the word to... Because we, we didn't have that at my school. We had a university center. Ooh. Or the UC. Ooh. Uh, not to be confused with the OC. California. Uh, I can't sing more of that or I will get sued. They are hanging out in the student lounge. Which is attached to the cafeteria, so it I was true. not I was not totally wrong. Exactly. Britta is sitting on a couch there, and Jeff comes up, and uh, they start talking about like you know why yeah. why would you do this? And then Jeff kind of indicates that he's now above her on the ethical rankings, mm-hmm. in a very, very Jeff move. I mean, you know, he's still he's ch- still playing the game, right? I mean. I don't know how the game is played because I have no game. Yeah, I I did not. I'm consider fine not that, having game. I agreed. I did not consider that attempting to game. It was more of an insult to me. But you know, I'm not saying mine wasn't an insult. People who play the game. Oh yes, no. I was more referring to how Jeff was playing the game because he's like, "You're." I was up here, and you're not. And now we're gonna, actually. I'm better, you know, because I gave a quarter to a hippie. I'm just saying he's a jerk for playing the game. Mm. I don't, I don't hate point. the player. I hate the game. Ooh, that's a good point. Yes. But also the player should not be playing the game. Uh-huh. Yes. Hashtag a nerd who wasn't getting laid in high school. Anyways, moving on. Good hashtag. <laughs> Very good. We'll, we'll get a whole lot of discussion on that hashtag. Britta is like, I, I wonder what the school's going to do to me. And at that point, the dean comes in. And he's like, well, we're not going to buy you an ice cream. I made such a great entrance. <laughs> I love the immediate turn to what an entrance I got to make. Like, I mean, you know, the dean loves theatrics. Oh, yes. So very much. I like that he can appreciate his own theatrics because you got to love what you do. Mm-hmm. If you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Exactly. That it's a very common saying that is definitely true, probably. I wouldn't know. I've never done anything I liked. So. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> I realize. But it's the, 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 the quick turn in the phrase was very funny to me. The dean says that Greendale takes this kind of thing very serious, much like a university would. <laughs> it's very funny that he's very, very loud about it. Um. The discipline. Uh, there will be a disciplinary tribunal tomorrow in Borchert Hall, which is also known as the pool. Jeff asks if she gets to have a lawyer for this thing. We we he, the dean says yes. So Jeff just declares himself Britta's counsel for this, and the dean upon exit says, "Dean you later," which it's very good, so good. Uh, yet again, Jim Rash. A treasure. A treasure. I love him so much. He's so good. Come, Come on, on the, the podcast. podcast. Hashtag get Jim Rash on the podcast. I like how in the po- in the hashtag we're not putting the name of our podcast in it, just the podcast. I mean, if he's on another podcast, I'll listen to that podcast. That's true. 
I'm, you know, I just want him on a podcast. I want to listen to him mm-hmm. talk. And I mean, if he if he happens to be on this podcast and says, hello, Ben, I like your podcast about community, I will be even more happy. Okay. For a moment there, I thought you were going to say, I will die. We get a brief foray into the study room where Troy is just chilling on a couch, reading a book. Abed comes in and he declares, all dogs are blue now. Every single dog in the world is blue. Uh, Troy's like, I'm not as gullible as you, and and you're not good at this because you're not believable with your face. Your face, it's bad. He also calls it like he sees it. Yeah, I just love the, your face, it's bad. I, I love the way he delivers that. You are not good at this because you are not believable in your face, okay? Your face, yeah. it's bad. Okay. So much of... of uh, Don Glover is the way he <laughs> how he delivers lines to me. I think that uh, five episodes in, I think we are finally getting to basically all the main characters except for Troy. I don't think he like he he has some lines here. We get a little bit of him and Abed right. in this episode, um, but I don't think Troy as a character really gets to happen until. Um, I think maybe next episode or the episode after, but he gets so many great lines and I, I don't think I really ever noticed until I was doing a, a real like deep dive into the show for a podcast, but I feel like kind of out of the gate, they don't quite know what to do with Troy yet. Okay, Sure. Because right now he just kind of zooms in to say a funny thing in a like really good delivery. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, now on to other characters. That's fair. You know, when I was watching this the first time and most subsequent times, it's sort of just like I binge it all. And so, you know, we get to the parts where Troy actually gets to be a character. Right. Instead of um, just a funny line generator. Right. But I feel like at this point, they're just like, hey, Donald Glover, say something funny. All right, on to the next one. All right, that's a wrap on Donald Glover. But yes, it is a very good delivery of uh, the thing about Abed's face. Being bad. Being bad. Troy then looks and sees that Abed is taking notes in what seems to be some kind of alien language. And Abed is warbling a little bit. And Mm -hmm. then Abed runs away. Abed, when asked about the language, does point out the language is probably Arabic. I like the probably (laughs) from somebody that has been known to speak it at least. Later on at the pool, they're doing the tribunal uh, thing, the the court. Yeah. Uh, The judges are Dean Pelton, Professor Duncan, and Senior Chang. Duncan and Chang are very hostile toward each other. Sure. Um... We haven't actually seen them really together until this point. So I, th- I think it's clear they've got some history, probably. Very much so, um, yes. I mean, I imagine they've both taught at the school for a little while. But there's some bad blood there. Sure. And, um, and neither are wonderful human beings. Jeff says that we should just th- throw the whole thing out because Chang is the one accusing Britta. Right. So how can he be a judge? But then Chang says, well the british guy is your freaking drinking buddy so and the dean says well it sounds like uh there are two sides that are both biased and i go both ways right strike that i am impartial (laughs) it'll all work out 
I do like how adamant he is about getting that s- struck from the record. Also, I mean, I, I'm just going to gush about Jim Rash like forever. Why didn't we call this the Jim Rash fan cast? Because um, we're going to have to talk about p- things that are not Jim Rash. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Jim Rash is in not every episode of Community. And that's a sad fact I just dropped on you. Very sad fact. Chang is called to the stand and uh, is asked what happened yesterday. And so he starts recounting his day from the moment he woke up, including his bathroom habits. He calls it his morning deuce. I was going to leave it as bathroom habits, but you know. It felt important to the character. Okay, uh, I agree, (laughs) sadly. (laughs) I'm sorry to have convinced you. Uh, we get a, a cut back to the music room where Pierce is trying to write this song and he's just playing two notes over and over going, Greendale, Greendale, slut. And so Similar he, to my process when I created mm-hmm. my parody song for Back to the Futurama's finale. Mm-hmm. Now, he is still wearing that vest I commented on earlier. <laughs> you are... It, this is vest watch. So, canonically, Annie and... Pierce had this conversation the previous day. Yes. Because they had it right before Spanish. Right. I believe. Um, yes. They had it right before Spanish. And then... But Annie in this scene is also wearing the same shirt that she was when she talked to Pierce. Are, are we at... So I have a few questions here. Yes. Are we trying to figure out the truth of the scene? I'm just pointing out that it was probably edited bad um at the very least a continuity error or or non-linear storytelling i I wrote timeline is wonky so you know that is that's i was that's that's a synonym for i was going eternal sunshine kind of thing so you know um what colors her hair that's how you know where where they are in time Ooh, ooh. um It's always great when my the reaction to a joke I've made is, ooh. <laughs> Pierce is talking about his process because he's got a his sheet music is a, a Chinese takeout menu. Yes, and so Annie is a little worried, but he's like, no, 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 it's all part of my process because you know I'm a genius, and uh, you know, but you also can't be here because you know whatever. Let me play you out, and so yeah, it's he, such a, vi- a volatile place of creativity. He can't protect her sanity. And she's like, what? You know, you know, like when you're on stage you know, to play you out. And he starts playing a little jaunty tune, which I really like because when she's kind of slow, he's just like, he really ramps up that tempo and uh, it's surprisingly effective. It gets her out of the room. It, yeah. Cause it's like, uh, why, why has this happened? Oh, I'll just, I don't want to be here anymore. How much do you think it would cost for me to get somebody to play a piano every time I leave the room? Which room or just any? Any room. So they have to come with you. Uh-huh. And then you're like, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. So you go ahead and play now. Mm-hmm. And then you leave. And right. then they have to come after you to get to the next room that you're in. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit, I think, okay. unfortunately. This is a good time to mention we are on Patreon. <laughs> Using your Patreon dollars for the good of this podcast and for no other reasons. <laughs> No, no other reasons at all. Why, why would you ask? Patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Uh, we go back to the, the court, the pool, pool court. The judge's table. 
Yes, it is important that we kind of glossed over it, but we it's important over the judges that table, this yes. judge's table is a very fancy $6,000 judge's table. W- which the dean had yelled previously. Because that's the kind of thing a real university would have. Exactly. We finish up Chang's story. He, of course, mentions that she walked out on her high-heeled boots uh, like it was tampon time, if you know what I mean. And, you know, so... We Jeff get- is like, objection, I do not know what it means. <laughs> and Duncan's just like, don't, don't encourage him. <laughs> As Britta is called to the stand, the dean asks about her boots. He wants to make sure they're comfy. You know, just curious. And they're cute. Mm-hmm. So, at first, she denies that she cheated. She said that she only copped up to it to protect her other classmates. Because Chang was threatening to flunk everyone, which Duncan has a major problem with because, you know, he's somewhat ethical. Uh, Not totally ethical, but... He likes to look like he is ethical. There it is. (laughs) That's the correct discussion here. Jeff demands that the case be thrown out of the pool area, which is a sure... I'm sure it's a thing he never thought he'd ever say in his lawyer career. But Um, but he's at Greendale now. he, He is at Greendale now. The dean says... This lady's only crime is being a hero and wanting to be taller. <laughs> I love the Dean, like, he's, getting most of it and then being like, but I mean, there's this too. I mean, you know, he saw those boots and now he's, focused he's, on he's very focused on those. He does this with things that he sees. We'll get back to that one. Put a pin in that one. You know what they say about the Dean commenting on boots in the fifth episode you gotta fire those boots in the 25th so uh (laughs) (laughs) these boots are made for firing and that's just what they'll do that just makes me think it's like a get smart kind of thing Ooh, um i like that that's good i like that our next podcast can be about the 60s tv show get smart that makes sense with a patreon exclusive of the the movie that they made excellent We've done it. We figured, we figured out. it out. We figured out what we're going to do in three years from now. <laughs> so she she is about to be totally exonerated. And then she last minute is like, nope. Okay. I lied. I did it. I cheated. Jeff is like, wait, what? Yeah. And and Jeff is forced to go to his usual uh, case of <laughs> the whole world changed on 9-11. And everybody groans it's like five minute recess. There are no recesses in this process. But then somebody dives into the pool in the background and it splashes a $6,000 table. Uh, and the dean freaks the out. The dean about freaks it. out. Now, why Save you, the table. Save the table. Why would you put a $6,000 table next to the pool? Well, it's a judge's table for the diving. Right. But I think you'd have to, you'd have to sort of keep that back away from the like. If people just diving off of the high dive is going to be enough to get that that table wet. Sure. Well, the problem is it was a very big splash. I'm impressed by the splash then. Exactly. You're I'm not just, supposed to I'm splash just on to, dives. I'm just trying to figure out who is at fault, the diver or the dean for table placement. It's true. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we have to get some some outside experts about where to put judge tables for diving. Uh, we should post a poll on Twitter about who was at fault. I like it. The diver or the dean. Or if it was just an act of God. Okay, so the poll is going to be who was at fault for the table getting wet. The (laughs) diver, 
the Dean, God. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that checks out. The best part of the fact that we've got a backlog is that I will forget this and then see that. And I'm like, what did we say? Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be so good. Back at the quad, Abed is hiding behind uh, some uh, hedgerow. Right. And he is like talking. Uh, he's he's giving he's sending he's like, out a transmission. Yeah, exactly. Uh, about Troy. And Troy's like, what are you doing? Oh, oh, oh I, I'm just messing with you. I, I blew it again. It's like. Yeah, you did. Also, because I'm apparently noticing everyone's clothes, Abed's got a really great plaid hoodie that I love. It's great. I want one. I don't know who makes it, but I want one. Okay. There you go. This has been Ben's clothing corner. We're just going to focus in on that corner all day. Yeah, Abed's like, well, I guess I was just messing with you, but I blew it again. And then he runs off, still making alien noises. Mm -hmm. Um, Troy just seems concerned, confused. There's a lot there. There's there's a lot going on there. We get a brief vignette of Chang and Duncan yelling at each other in the the pool locker room. In the shower. Well, that's true. In the showering area. Of the locker room, yes. There is literally a guy naked there showering. Well, I was, yes, I was going to get to the naked guy because Duncan asks if they want to have this discussion in a place with fewer balls. You know how everyone's like, can we address the elephant in the room? What if we just started saying, can we address the naked guy in the room? That's that's good. I think I think we've got something. Excellent. Because Cause I was worried you were going to say, let's address the balls in the room. And I was like, please not. Who? We could say, okay, we oh, could no. say, let's address the balls in the room. Oh, boy. I did this to could us. Get, you could talk about balls. You could get a whole balls poster. <laughs> okay i missed that joke but sarah got it uh-huh sarah's out in the living room laughing it's an inside joke i made a joke on a podcast she doesn't listen to for her so i mean to be fair she's listened to all of this because she's she's in the other room she has to listen to this because canonically she uh opened up a, an egyptian tomb and I, got cursed i didn't realize that continued on to the n- n- any podcast any, that you any and I podcast do. the two of us do Jeff and Britta are also in a locker room. They are sort of uh, trying to come up with strategy. And um, Britta says, well, you're just doing this because you're trying to sleep with me. You don't even want to be my friend. You said so. Uh, Jeff points out that if he just wanted sex, he's so handsome that he could just go get it a lot of different places without going through with all of this. He likes her and would be psyched to be her friend. He just doesn't want to take sex off the table without doing his due diligence. I mean, you gotta file the paperwork. The sex paperwork. The, this, yep. I don't have a portmanteau for that, but I was going to go there, but it, there's not one. Um, sex, intercourse. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have the... Uh, paper course? No, that's no. That's that sounds nothing. like you're eating paper. Ooh, but like you have your appetizer and then your paper course. But what's that sauce on that on that paper there, Ben? I don't want to know. We were just talking about <laughs> sex a moment ago. <laughs> it's it's a nice cherry sauce because you know cherries are good. It's like a sweet sweet course before your your main dish. And that that's that isn't isn't su- sweetness what you're. 
Where, where does the sex come in? It doesn't. You've eaten a whole meal, and it's so good. And now you're sleepy. And, and now you're, you're just sleepy, went, okay. and you go to bed. That's, that's my experience, at least. Actually, that doesn't sound like a terrible way to spend an evening. So, <laughs> Except for maybe the paper you're eating. Depends on how good that cherry <laughs> sauce is. So, <laughs> Britta says, you know, I'm, I've always been just such a disappointment. Maybe... I just left that crib sheet out on purpose because I wanted to get caught and just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, Jeff's like, I know what my defense is. And then we cut to uh, the pool and Jeff presents that Britta is insane. Mm hmm. Cut to commercial. We're back from commercial because we streamed it on Hulu. Mm hmm. Jeff argues that punishing craziness at Greendale would be awful because then if you persecute crazy people who is going to be at greendale right during this whole speech leonard is in the pool we get we get our first shot of leonard oh Um, we get a lot of leonard we get a whole lot of leonard because can we address the naked guy in the room (laughs) we let's let's do he's not wearing a bathing suit he's not wearing a bathing suit uh and he's just like busted (laughs) like like he's not like I love he's just unabashed about it. I love it. I think of all of my I, I would classify uh Leonard as like a tertiary character. Sure. So he's you know, same wrong as like Starburns and yeah, yeah. whatnot. I think Leonard is probably my favorite tertiary character because he just doesn't give an F. He, he is, does not. He, he does, is honey badger. He is. I I I don't remember. I, I'd have to think about all my tertiary characters in community to really think if he's my favorite. I don't think he is. I mean, there are some good ones. Yeah. Um, that we'll get to down the the road. But Leonard just doesn't give a, a flying f. And like, I love that about Leonard. He's he. That's true. He is. He's just like you. Ju- you caught me swimming in the school pool naked. Whoopsie. Yeah, busted. Like, what am I gonna? I'm gonna continue doing it. So screw you. I'm gonna just keep swimming, but naked. So I've got my little uh, paddleboard. I don't care. Duncan is like, you know, that makes sense. Um, I I vote that she be exonerated on condition of psychological counseling with a licensed psychiatrist. Uh, let's say, you know, Friday's at nine-ish. And the council agrees and they all adjourn. And Britta's like, wait, what? Yeah, Britta's not happy and that tracks. Mm-hmm. I would similarly not be happy. That's fair. Troy's walking through the hallways and here's uh, some, here's Abed in another room. Abed is in a classroom talking to, or he's watching, he's, he's doing like weird hand signals and he's watching a TV of a, a video of himself in like an alien costume uh-huh. and they're having this he the two versions of abed are having this conversation about troy and is this whole thing troy comes in and he's just like um oh also abed's wearing a t-shirt with a bunch of microphones on it which i just wanted to point out because as podcasters we should have that sure so okay. I'll i just go want find i just want abed's entire outfit is what i'm saying it's fair so Troy comes in and he's like, hey, man, look, this has to stop because this is insane. It looks like you rented a green screen and Abed just kind of nods. You came um, up with a whole language, incredible alien hand movements. Um, It'd be less creepy if you actually were an alien. Troy also says at this moment, from now on, friends don't mess with each other. Yeah, because Abed says that this is just what friends do. Then they do their little uh, hand slap for the uh-huh. first time. It's such a... I love it so much. It's so good. 
Um, this is when Garrett comes in and is like shushed away as, uh-huh. as another alien. And it's like, he got a little sloppy there. Albert says, yeah, we got over budget. Mm-hmm. So in as much as I don't feel like Troy really gets much characterization in this episode, the Troy Abed friendship, a very important pillar to the show. Yes. Really gets established in this episode. Yes, it, do- so it definitely does. I do like that, even though I would like more Troy. It's true. Well, you know, it's what? Episode five? It's episode five. We have time. Not on this podcast, though, because I spent my whole time talking about Gritty. So. Yes. In uh, the music room. Pierce is asleep. He's still wearing that green vest, which is why I brought it up earlier. You know what they say about a green vest in the first act. You get a fire in the third. You're still wearing it in the third act because you're a slob. Well, to be fair, it doesn't seem like he's left that room very much because he's um, trying to get the song right for Annie because mm-hmm. Annie believed in him. He's still trying. He sings. Greendale, Greendale, little star. Yeah. Uh, Annie comes in and Pierce admits he's a fraud. I'm no more of a songwriter than you or Billy Joel, which is. I mean, I mean, you know, I guess if if I I, I have no problems with Mr. Joel. He reveals that the the Hawthorne Wipes jingle was actually just uh, She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain with uh, lyrics about Hawthorne Wipes. Mm-hmm. It's like if <laughs> I was like, it's it's like Weird Al if he ever wrote a jingle, but then he did do that. So it's it's like Weird Al, but worse. Annie gives him a, a weird pep talk based on stuff her mom said that I'm honestly just going to cut into the episode. Yeah. Cause right Annie, here. Annie's well, Annie's mom had told her to quit cheerleading or Annie wanted, Annie to, wanted to quit cheerleading. Yeah, and mom, mm-hmm. her, her mom wanted to, her to not. I'm going to tell you what my mother told me when I wanted to quit cheerleading. You're not very pretty. You have no boobs and you can't do a basket toss to save your life, but you made a commitment. So pick up your pom-poms, Pierce, stuff your bra, and get ready for the team bus to forget you at a Taco Bell, because life is tough. But we soldier on, and that's just the way it goes. Pierce ends up picking the final phrase from her speech. That's just the way it goes. We cut to the last scene. Uh, They are out on the quad. The Luis Guzman statue gets revealed, which is A... A kick-ass statue. It's a very good statue of Luis Guzman. In a rare bit of actual background information. Whoa, hold on. This is unprecedented. I know. I read some cool stuff about this statue uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to get it in on this podcast. All right, let's go. So, two quick facts about this statue. On the DVD commentary for Community, Dan Harmon explained that uh, originally uh, he was trying to get a, a celebrity that could be like, you know an alumnus of Greendale, Mm -hmm. you know, just to end the, so the Dean could like fawn over it. Original choice. Any guesses who it was? I, I don't, I don't even think I have a guess for this. Mark Hamill. Ooh, that would, that, that gives you a little, like, I feel like, Luis Guzman is more of a left field choice. Yeah, I like I like the left fieldedness of Luis Guzman. Right, Mark Hamill's like, yeah, he's Luke Skywalker. Of course, everybody um, will put stuff up for him. Although the the website I copied and pasted this from did say Mark Hamill from Star Wars. In case I didn't know who that was, <laughs> you know, if you um, were confused for a moment, this website says that Harmon asked Hamill if they could use his likeness uh, for the statue, and Hamill sent him a personal letter, politely declining. Okay, um, fair. Stating his awareness that the gag is a jab at his current status in Hollywood. Um, so he, okay. ins- he instead went with Luis Guzman 
In an interview on uh, People TV's Couch Surfing, Guzman revealed how they talked him into this. Okay. Uh, they got a call from uh, one of the directors and they said, we need to find somebody. Uh, we need to send somebody to your house so they can make a bust of you. He says the first time anybody in his life had ever made a statue of him. But he was he enjoyed it because uh, anytime they showed the statue, he got paid. <laughs> they could have showed the elbow in passing. I got paid. There you go. That is a good grift. Yeah, get it, Louis. Come on, that's very good. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so get from paid. here from here on out, anytime you see that Luis Guzman statue, know that they sent him a check. <laughs> get it. Yes. Get it. Pierce sings the new song, which is just uh, uh, the way it is. Uh, the way it goes by Bruce Hornsby, I believe. I don't know the name of the song. It, it said it in the the uh, the subtitles, and then somebody uh, Abed's like, "Is that Bruce Hornsby?" Um, I I'm going off of the characters in the show, so I could be wrong. Okay. I did not have time to Google it. If Mike's wrong, please tweet at us and say Mike was wrong. Also vote in our poll, especially if you are God, because you've got a stake in this now. Yep, um, I've, I've made it the most challenging poll of all. Jeff's like, eh, you know, I don't know. And then Pierce sings, that's just the way it goes. And then Jeff's like, yeah, they got us. Because <laughs> they're going to sue us. And then we get this uh, zoom out at the end as Pierce is singing. And the last line of the song is, Annie believes in me. And it's this whole thing. Yeah. Um, we get the end tag, which is, which very, is very small and just a funny little gag. It's Troy and Abed putting pencils, trying to cram as many pencils into the other's mouths as possible. Yeah, it's weird. It makes me it makes me gag just a little bit. It feels very collegey to me. Yes, like you're trying to figure out things to do on a you know Saturday night. I've or done weirder, and we don't want to know about it on the podcast. So unless we do tweet it, Good Morning Greendale. Or Good Greendale. Dang it, I need to remember the Twitter for this. Uh, that's where the episode ends, and that means that it is time for... Grades! You indicated this a little bit. It kind of jumps between three different storylines, kind of almost haphazardly. It doesn't feel like they really ever tie together, except for they're all there at the end. Um, that being said, I think it's a it's a pretty good episode. You get a lot of you get some of the opening bits of Abed and Troy's friendship. You get, you know, s- some more of the uh, Britta and Jeff, uh, whatever. Um, you get some funny uh, indications between uh, Duncan and Chang. Um, I-, I don't know. It-, it it does feel a little bit all over the place. Um, so I don't I don't mind it. It's not a it's not one of the best episodes of Greendale or uh, Community to me, but. I don't know. It feels certainly competent, if a little, maybe oddly paced, maybe. So I'll give it a B, maybe B minus, maybe somewhere okay. in that area. Yeah, I was gonna. I was leaning pretty heavily toward B minus myself. Having three whole plots seems kind of a bit much for twenty-two minutes of television. Right. I I, I think that the jokes are the uh, they're there. They're funny. Sure. I like them, but like. You know, I I feel like this episode would have really benefited from just picking two of the three plots and then running with those. Right. 
Because, yeah, I, f- I do feel like a lot of the pacing and yeah. everything was off. So And um, also Shirley just disappeared. Yeah, Shirley does just kind of dis- she's She's there for a moment, uh, only for a moment, and then the moment's gone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Oh, well. We do get some good uh, Dean stuff because the Dean True. has been kind of absent for a couple of episodes. So Get a lot of good good underscore of the Dean. So we would like to know what you think about this episode. What statue would your college have had? Or did you want the college to have or whatever? Anything about statues and colleges. What are your thoughts on community taking place in Colorado? Because I have thoughts. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) That felt like the most middle school essay prompt ever. (laughs) In conclusion, community is a TV show of various people. Um... (laughs) What a wonderful thesis statement. Anyways, uh, we want to know all that and more. You can get in contact with us by tweeting at Good Greendale or mm-hmm. going to our website. We've got a form on goodmorninggreendale.com. You can send us a message just like Buggy did. Buggy says, hey, Ben and Mike, I've got a community related question. I'd be interested in hearing you discuss. Okay. Community is a show that doesn't shy away from the main characters saying bigoted things, whether they're about race, sex, religion, etc. But the show usually makes sure to call it out. What are your thoughts on how the show handles this? Does it make like we're supposed to be laughing at the bigots or with them? And is even providing the opportunity for the latter to happen irresponsible? Do you think these jokes hurt the show? Are they delivered in a way that is able to actually elevate it? Or does it fall somewhere in the middle? A difficult topic to tackle so early in the podcast, uh, I know, but That's true, yeah. But one that'll probably be relevant for a while. So I'd like to know what you think. Looking forward to the podcast debut. Uh, he wrote that when we were still not released our first episode yet. <laughs> so I think, and you know, we're right here at the end and I don't want to take too much time yeah, on sure. this. Um, because, you know, he's right. It is it's sort a of early yeah. uh, for this this uh thought i i like to think of community as a show about found family okay and usually the usually the reason that we have found family is because our normal families are garbage sure not always but you know a lot of time that's how that that kind of happens sure community is interesting in that it's a found family where you still got like the racist uncle and you know the the kind of problematic aspects sure. of a family that you maybe can't choose. Right. And so I think it's an interesting look at that. And I would say that overall, because I think it is, it is made very clear that it's bad. Yes. I think in general community does a good job of uh, pointing that out. Yeah. Not always successfully, um, and I do think that it can be somewhat irresponsible when, like, I know on uh, Back to the Futurama, we talked a lot about Zap Brannigan and how he had a lot of really good sound bites. Right. He said a lot of funny things, and it made, and because they were all very sound bite ready, those are things that you are likely to repeat. Whether or not you're saying them ironically because you are quoting Zap Brannigan or Pierce Hawthorne or whomever. It's still things you maybe shouldn't say. Sure. And so I do think that is, that can be somewhat irresponsible. Um, I think, and and we will definitely see 
a lot of this in the show. Um, and so it's a thing we will talk about more as it happens. But I do think that in general, community does a good mm. job with it. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. I, I think that it, in, in, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to, to show it, it would be, so, especially for community, it would be almost un, unlike itself to, sh- you know, cause the show is diverse. It has an, a diversity of people and cultures that kind of slam together. It'd be almost like too uh, clean if there wasn't some kind of friction between people. And I think it's important that it, tackles that in a way that shows that hey this is not okay when you're recognizing that people have different cultures but then also stereotyping it is the wrong part like and being bigoted i think that's that's actually a kind of important thing to show okay um i i mean like if you look back at uh oh shoot what was the show on like before we were born Uh, all in the family right okay where it, Archie Bunker is the main character and he's he's also a bigot, but he's, you know, called out on it. I think that's very important. Okay. It's very important to, like, model the behavior you want to see in the world if you're a creator. All right. And, and if somebody is, you know, acting in a racist or ageist or whatever way, having people on television call it out, like, I think, uh, uh, oh, um, you know, visibility matters. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. And I think that, com- you know, community is not perfect and no one is and no television show is, but I think they attempted to do something with that. And I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's also kind of a sign of its times. Sure. Because I feel like nowadays with Netflix and uh, that can just kind of do whatever it wants. Yeah. Um, you know, unrestrained. I think, a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things have sort of diverged into like you've got um, the good place, which is very specifically like, let's talk about issues. Let's talk about what it sure, means yeah. to be good. Like you were saying with kind of uh, lead by example, like the show creators are like, we want to tell a good story about good people who had to work to be good. Right. And then on the other end, you've got stuff like BoJack Horseman, where it's like, this is a bad person. And you're still kind of rooting for him for reasons you don't maybe understand. Sure. But he's a bad person, and he keeps screwing up. And all of those consequences just keep coming back to haunt him, which cause him to be bad again, which cause more consequences. Right. And I feel like community, um, you know, being made 2009, I feel like it was kind of just it was kind of trying to look at that in a space that it actually had in 2009. Right. Because I don't think, you know, you didn't have the good places and you didn't have the BoJack Horsemans. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if, if that made any sense, but yeah. And, and I, I like, like I think we've discussed, we're going to, this is a, not a topic that we're done with. We're going to be not over here. We're going to be keep talking about it and we will, uh, We'll, we'll keep talking about it. We want to hear what you think. Um, yeah. So like I said, you can tweet at us. You can send us messages on that website, just like Buggy did. And, and thank you for the thoughtful question. Yes. Thank you very much. And I know we are really pushing up for time here. I did just want to real quick mention we got a new Patreon. The Macintosh and Mod podcast uh, oh, is our Patreon 
uh, now. Thank you so much. Our patrons. So uh, they do um, a couple of pod different podcasts. Um, they are friends of the show, but also, um, you know, if you want to check out, they do like movie reviews mm-hmm. and also they do one about uh, My Little Pony, Friendship mm-hmm. is Magic. Yep. So um, if that interests you, go check them out. Go check them out. So anyways, we are over time. That's going to do it for us. Until next time, when we talk about the next episode of Community, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I I wish wish you luck. luck.